0: And there is nothing wrong in being selective as long as you're being selective for sensible reasons. You know, I don't want that therapy in my clinic. I've already got five osteopaths, for instance. I don't need another one. Um, You're not offering me enough room hire. Those are all good reasons to say, no, I don't want you in my clinic. And you don't have to accept people. And it helps keep the clinic being to your overall vision, which helps you stay in tune with your brand, your clinic's personality, your clinic's character. And that's why it's important. Hi, and welcome to the Practice Builders podcast with me, Rosie Piercy. I'm a chiropractor, clinic director and practice builder. In every episode, I'm going to bring you the hints, tips and lessons I've learned in building my successful clinic to help you build the practice of your dreams. Hello, and welcome to the Practice Builders podcast. Um, I have a slight giggle in my voice because Hercule, my cat, is helping me. Um, record this podcast. She's been very friendly because I've been out all day and now she wants attention and I could shut her out of the room but she will just spend the whole time clattering into the door. Anyway that's not what I'm here to talk about. Today I'm talking about renting rooms in your clinic in the stress-free way. So those of you who don't know um, I have a multi-disciplinary clinic, uh, Total Health West Berkshire, in which I have six treatment rooms. And I rent out five of them, really. One of them is for me and my my associate, who's starting at the end of August. Um, But the rest of the rooms, I rent out. Now, I have gone through phases, when I've had total health, of renting rooms being really stressful and really getting to me. And now, I don't so much. And a lot of that is a learning process. And I thought I would go through the tips, the six tips that I have that I found to make running the clinic less stressful in the hopes that you can kind of bypass the stress that I went through um, and just be stress-free about it, or as stress-free as you can. Um, you know, because if we're going to be totally honest, and I always try and be honest when I'm talking on here or anything that I do about, about my clinic life, there are still times when clinic is stressful and, um, you know, things feel personal or I get fed up or what have you. But most of the time now, those are very short-lived moments. They're not the things that carry on for days and weeks and weeks, like, you know, when I first had clinic like they used to. Now they're more like brief annoyances that I can get over quite quickly. And that's mostly because I come back to these six steps all the time, particularly number six, um, which we will get to. That's a little bit of a kind of tease, isn't it, for the last step? Um, So let's go through those. So the first one is know what you want and there's two parts to this so there should really be a 1a and a 1b but know what you want in terms of firstly your overall vision and then secondly your finances so what I mean by this is when I opened Total Health I left another clinic in the area and part of and although I knew I was competition for them part of kind of separating that competition was um to be different So I didn't want to have anything that was too on the alternative side. So we don't have crystal healing. We don't have any energy therapy in the clinic. And if people come to us with a therapy that we haven't heard of before and we don't get it or it sounds just odd, then we don't have it in the clinic. That's like my rule. If I don't get it, it doesn't come in the clinic. Um, And that's important for two reasons. One, it separates you apart. You've, you'll have heard me talking about brand before um, and why brand is important. Basically branding your your sort of brand image is what people would say about your clinic when you're not there and it's your, your, pers- your clinic's personality and it's what will attract your ideal patient to you. So by having a clinic that is more of the kind of conventional side of of alternative if you like more almost more mainstream alternative if if you like then that attracts the kind of patients that I want and it has the kind of personality that I want the clinic to have not there's anything necessarily wrong in the things that I don't want I just don't want it in my clinic you know it's nothing personal it's it's just not what I want in the clinic because that's not what my clinic's brand and personality is about and by having that overall vision of who you want in the clinic, what, you know, what clinicians, what therapies you want, will really help you um, make decisions about who comes into the clinic. And it's super important because if I'd started letting people in who did energy therapies and did other things that were more of the alternative side of alternative therapy then that would have made the current people in the clinic unhappy because they came to me because I didn't have that there and they didn't want that association. So once you've sort of said to people, I'm not going to have this in, you have to stick to that. So you may have different versions. So most of the time we don't have um, exclusivity over therapy. So we have three osteopaths in in my clinic. We have a women's health physio and a kind of normal physio, not that I want to describe Greg like that. Um, We have many talking therapies therapists, none of them have exclusivity. But you may have a different thing in your clinic. You may say, right, we only have one of each thing. But then once you've said that, you can't go back on it because that's kind of a bit rude. Um, and that's what's, what's the kind of promise you've made to people. So make sure you have that overall vision of knowing what it is you want your clinic to look like. That is super important and not not to, um, detouring from that at all. And the second part of this, knowing what you want is in terms of finances. I have a lot of therapists who talk to me and say, I don't know how much to rent my rooms for. I don't know what to charge. And I always say, you have to come back to what I always call your clinic's magic number. You have to come back to how much does it cost to run your clinic? Cause that will tell you how much you need to get from each room and therefore how much you can rent that for. Now we have a sliding scale that the more you rent, more hours you rent for me on a fixed contract, then the less you pay me per hour. Um, But you have to work out what you want the money to be because there's no point having your rooms fully rented if you're not making any money. There's like literally no point in doing that. And this is where having the business head on is super important because I know sometimes clinicians, therapists, we struggle with the money aspect of it when it comes to charging people for treatment and things like that not everyone but some do but when you're renting out your rooms you've got to be a cold hard business person I've had people say to me I want to pay you this much for your room and it's been significantly below my rate and I've just gone no don't work here then because it's not worth my while I'm not making any money and I am not A charity I am a business and that might sound really like cold-hearted and firm but when you're renting rooms it is a money-making thing it is that's the only reason you're doing it really is for money and that sounds really cold-blooded there are other like benefits, you know, I love the community that Total Health has. I love having people to refer to and people to ask questions and, you know, bounce ideas off of the patients when you get a bit stuck with the odd patient. I love all that, but at the end of the day, if if people are not paying enough money to be in the clinic, there is no point me doing it. I should just rent run room for myself and my associate. Anyway, that is number one. Number two is, and I've kind of covered this a little bit already, but B specific or selective about who you want to have in your clinic now we've talked about this in point one of your overall vision but be specific sometimes and I can remember when I first opened Total Health it cost me a small fortune to open and I was desperate 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 to have people in the rooms because you know it was just me at that point like the first few months of having very few people in and there were people coming and asking to rent rooms but they did fall into this alternative really alternative side or having I had a medium come and ask me to rent a room and I said no even though I wanted the money I was true to my overall vision of what I wanted and sometimes you have to think about how many hours you're going to rent for because you can easily and I got to this pre-covid where I had 30 therapists working in the clinic but a lot of them were only doing a few hours a week and those people who are doing a few only doing two or three hours a week still want the same level of service, everything to be absolutely perfection in their eyes, as the people who are doing 25 hours a week. So it's really important to be selective. So you may have someone come in and say, I want to do this, but they're not the right therapist, or we've already offered exclusivity to somebody else, which I generally never do myself, but you may want to do that. So you might have to say no to someone because you're being selective. You may have to say to somebody, actually, you're only wanting an hour a week. It's not worth my hassle. You're going to cost me more money in admin fees and invoicing than you are going to make me. So I'm going to say no. And there is nothing wrong in being selective as long as you're being selective for sensible reasons. You know, I don't want that therapy in my clinic. I've already got five osteopaths, for instance. I don't need another one. Um, You're not offering me enough room hire. Those are all good reasons to say, no, I don't want you in my clinic. And you don't have to accept people. And it helps keep the clinic being to your overall vision, which helps you stay in tune with your brand, your clinic's personality, your clinic's character. And that's why it's important to to do that. Right, point number three. And this is something I see a lot of people not doing. Have a licence agreement. So every therapist that works in a clinic has a licence agreement that they've signed. It says what they can do in the clinic when they have access to their clinic rooms, how much they're going to pay me, what happens if they don't pay me, um, and what notice they have to give. Now, it's a contract. It an annual room licence, which means that we're not subletting. We're just offering an annual room licence. Do people stick to it always? No. Have I ever enforced it on someone and taken them to court over it or got all legally over it? Absolutely not. It's not worth it. But it sets out what I expect from people and what, the, and what they know, what they know they should do. So for us, people have to give six weeks notice to get out of their contract. Um, they have to pay me by this day. We will charge them money if they are over a certain amount of time late paying their bill. And we will stop renting to them if they don't pay their bill. So it's all those things that happen and it's important to have them. And we have things like, you know, how many cars people can park, Whether they can put signs on the outside of the building, absolutely not. And on the inside of the building, only in very specific areas. So we only have leaflets in reception. People cannot put signs on walls unless they've been agreed to by me. Because I've got 19 therapists, if one started plastering the the reception area with their, their posters, it would look really messy really quickly. You know Whether they can put stock out for display, all those kind of things. It's all in our rules, in our contract. And it's really important to have that because then everybody is on the same page. Um, And it makes it easy for knowing what you're doing because you just go look back at your license agreement. This is what you've agreed to. And then see what happens after you've said that. Um, But yeah, have a license agreement. It's really important to have one of those. If you don't, then you haven't got a leg to stand on and you'll find that everyone in your clinic is doing a slightly different thing, which can make it really difficult. Um, You can amend these. You can change them. We change ours. We add things in. From what we find the clinic needs um, If the clinic needs more flexibility we might write that into the contracts like when you can change your route hours or all things like that but if you have a basic license agreement then everyone knows where they're starting from and it'll make your life much less stressful just taking a quick break in the show to remind you of my practice builders community Facebook group it's where I share hints tips and mini masterclasses every month to help you make building a practice that a little bit easier So do join. The links in the show notes. Now let's head back to the episode. Right, number four. Set rules and stick to them. Now this is one of the things that I have found hardest about having a clinic but it's made me in a way grow as a person the most. I I like to be nice to people. I'm nice. I'm too nice. It's a failing. Um, Some people will completely agree that. They're like, seriously, Rosie, you're not too nice. My clinic manager, Sharon, would say that I'm too nice. And I have toughened up considerably since having my clinic. It has made me toughen up. Because people will ask for things all the time. And people will will want to bend your rules and you have to stick to them and I think this was one maybe silver lining of COVID not that there were many silver linings and it's only a tiny silver lining is that I really had to come into my own as a leader at the, in my clinic when COVID struck because everyone was asking what to do so I set my protocols and that was what happened and if people broke their, those protocols they were dismissed from clinic I was like, absolutely no messing on this. This is, you know, well, we all know what COVID was. It was a disaster for everyone. But, you know, I had a therapist who was not wearing the correct mask. And I'm not like going, I wanted them to wear an FFP free and they're wearing a, a surgical mask. They were wearing a literally a face covering, a cotton face covering. And I'd before everyone came back to clinic, they had to read and sign the protocols before they were allowed to set foot in the building. And they'd read it and they signed it and they ran the wrong thing. I was like, what are you wearing? And they were like, oh, it's just what I found on the internet. And I'm like, no, that's not good enough. And then they just walked off. And so I was like, right, I'm going to calm down. I'm going to count to 10. And sent them an email and said, you're not welcome back in clinic. You've broken my protocols. And the protocols are clearly said: If you break my rules, you'll be dismissed on the spot. Because this was in, you know, very early 20, you know, 2020. We couldn't risk patients seeing us not obeying the rules and I threw someone else out of clinic as well for similar reasons for breaking the rules now obviously that's quite extreme but you have to stick to them and you have to be seen to be played fair by everyone because and we've lost other people from the clinic because they've asked us to do things which we don't normally do for people and i said but if I start doing that for you I've got to do it for everybody else and they're like oh just don't tell them it's not how I work you have to be fair and have to do the same for every single person I mean, sometimes you can say, "Okay, this person is renting, you know, an entire room. They get a little bit of leeway on X, Y and Z because they have an entire room. You know, they don't have to put their stuff away because it's their room or this person has this many hours. So we'll maybe let them have more storage. But generally, those rules are the same for everyone else. So if someone else took more rooms, they'd get more time, they'd get more storage. So it's sticking to those rules and following through with them it's really important because everyone will be watching to see what you're doing and they will know. It's bizarre how people know in my clinic what's going on with other people that they do. So make sure you stick to them, even if it's hard, even if you have to take a really deep breath and then go follow through, set the rules and then go away and hide in a corner somewhere. Make sure you stick to the rules. It's so important, which leads me nicely to um, point number five. You can't make everyone happy. So just make yourself happy essentially and this is what I've learned and actually realizing this and like really realizing it has made running a clinic much easier because you're just never going to make everyone happy like you know you'll ask I'll ask sometimes for opinions and I'll get 20 you know I'll ask seven people and get seven different opinions and everyone wants something different and at the end of the day I just go what do I want in clinic what do I want in clinic and then I do that and that's the, fu- the way that I find works best. I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm always open to feedback, but you've got to make, you've got to decide how how to make the most people happy and then explain to the people you're not making happy why, that's, why they're not going to be happy. And that's just how it is. And they either like it or they lump it, but you're not changing your mind. And then that goes then back to then sticking with the rule. So if you've made a decision that not everyone's happy with, you then just have to stick with it understanding that some decisions will be unpopular i had to raise my rent this this year because i think it's going up and i hadn't raised it for a while no one was happy with that decision of course they're not going to be happy with that decision but um it was necessary for the for the clinic so just you have to kind of realize that sometimes and that's part of being if you're a clinic director however you see yourself if you're leading your clinic you have to know that everyone is not going to like you at all times and just accept that um And that can be hard if you have someone like me that likes everyone to like you. Um, You just have to learn that's not going to happen. Not everyone will like you ever. So just, yeah, you can't make everyone happy. So do what's in the best interest of your clinic. And that's the best answer to every question almost. And then finally, and this is a big one, accept change. And I may add on to that, it's not personal. Even if it's personal, it's not personal. So... I often say the nature of the beast. So the nature of the beast of renting rooms in clinics is that people will come and go and they may come and go through big life changes like I know they're going to have a baby, they're going to move to another part of the country or the world or they might just go and find somewhere else to work in the same area. But if you're renting to people who are all self-employed the idea the thing is that things will change the number of hours they want to do, where they want to work, that is just going to change. It's going to be a constant state of flux, and that is the nature of the beast. And once you accept that change, it makes it easier. So we always say to people at Total Health, we love you to work here, and we'd love you to stay here for as long as you can. But when you don't want to go, or, you know, when you decide that this isn't your home anymore, your clinical home for whatever reason, then go. You know, you know, agree, you know, abide by the terms of your contract. You know, give us six weeks' notice and leave. But leave and go and be successful and be happy elsewhere. There are times when that's not happened as well as I'd like it to have done. And that's, you know, I'm always sad about that because I always want to leave on good terms if we can. Um, But often the way to think about that is then often it's not personal, this is business. And even if people bring personal things into it, it's just business. And often I just sort of go... What I've learned to go is go. Okay, this is just the nature of the beast. It's not personal. It's business. It's nothing I can do to change what's happening. We're just going to get through this and move on and forget. And I think the letting go and forgetting on things like this is really big because I've known people who've stressed for ages about stuff that's happened in their clinics, and it's just not worth it. It's just not worth it. You just have to let it go and move on to the next thing. And I think that's. That's the thing that's really helped me is going back to accept change. You can't make everybody happy and then moving on. And then things generally are better. And I always generally say that change is a good thing because change creates change. And often, you know, we had big changes in the clinic early in this year. And now in a way it's the best thing that's ever happened to the clinic. the clinic is thriving and doing so much better because of those changes. And so although a change at the time can feel a little bit scary, it brings opportunity. And that often is the most exciting part of having a clinic, is being able to change what it is from year to year. You know, still keeping in your overall vision and still keeping with the finances, but by changing how it is or who's in it can bring different energy. I'm using that word energy, different energy, different um drive and different things into your clinic, which can then open new opportunities that you've never even thought of before. And that what is what I think is one of the best things about having a clinic. That and it does give me some financial freedom. Um, and I get to associate and work with some really amazing clinicians. You know, I really love working with everyone in my clinic at the moment. I'm super lucky in that way. So yeah. Anyway I hope you found those tips helpful. If you're looking at these tips that I've just said and like I have no concept of how to make these work in my clinic and having people in renting rooms in my clinic is making me so stressed it's beyond uh, you know beyond anything then let's have a chat. Book a free 15 minute call with me and I'll see if if any of my coaching staff and in my clinic development can help you have a less stressful time renting rooms in your clinic because it can be done anyway i will be back in a couple of weeks um, and if you've got any questions just reach out and get in touch take care bye bye thanks for listening to this episode if you'd like more hints and tips on building a practice of your dreams then follow me on instagram or facebook i'm at rosie